Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. <laughs> Hello, star. Jason. Uh, I just want to make a quick note because I, I, this just struck me and I think it's kind of funny. Uh, we recorded a little early last week because it was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so we recorded on Thursday, and Jason, you brought up to me during the show as kind of a <laughs> bombshell. Uh, you're going to uh, host the show early because you wanted to uh, go and have a nice barbecue on Monday. And, and that kind of uh, for the two thoughts hit my head immediately when you said that. And I didn't say them out loud. I wish I would have. Uh, first, I was, oh, oh, crap. Because normally I I sit down and like a Sunday evening, I, I write up all our social updates while I'm like watching John Oliver or whatever. And I'm like, great, now I'm going to have to do that early. And then the <laughs> second thought was, no fucking way. There's no way Jason is going to get the show out early. At best, it's going to come out late, late, late Sunday night, normal Monday time. Um, as all of you listeners know, Thursday is when our show came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I Well, I wasn't going to pressure you to do the socials early because I wanted you to have a good weekend. You, I figured you'd do them at the same time every week. And I was just trying to get it out early. But then disaster struck. <laughs> so, I had all yeah. of, I had all of the greatest intentions in the world of getting this out early. I had all the you know like all the things were placed and ready to go. The stars were aligned, and then I ordered Domino's pizza. And now I, I've had food poisoning twice in my life. It is I would not wish it on on an enemy, but it, at least for me, it clears out fairly quickly. Uh, this this knocked you out for five days several days because it, it wasn't just that it triggered something else because I've, I've had like you know really bad food poisoning before that one time when i had the bad prosciutto and stayed in bed for 14 days and watched five seasons of the big bang theory and i still <laughs> and now now that i look back on it i think the big bang theory was what was actually keeping me sick might but, have been but yeah it was like two week old prosciutto and it really like screwed me up it was it was it was really touch and go for a while there but um I don't know if this triggered something from that or if this was just not food poisoning because I've had food poisoning before too. I've had it a couple of times. And while this had kind of the, the whiff of food poisoning, it didn't have all the hallmarks of food poisoning, but okay. it, it affected my, me and my roommate differently. And because she was, well, I, 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 having been in touch with you all this week, I think we should spare the listeners some of your more colorful descriptions of what occurred to you. We're going to definitely, definitely <laughs> skip those. It was unpleasant. But what was really annoying is there were there were times when I would have really liked to go to, gone to the emergency room, but I don't have insurance. So I really can't do that, which really kind of sucks. But you have your own insurance stories, I'm sure. Well, let me tell you about how little difference that actually makes. No, I don't want to get into it too much. I, I've also had a very kind of rough week. Um, as, as anybody listening knows, my dad has been having a lot of health issues. Uh, the last two months have been um, pretty stressful. I don't, I'm not going to get too into it here. but uh, Go listen to the old shows if you want an update on that. You know, it's it's been one step forward, one step back. My dad hasn't really caught much of a break Um He's back in the hospital this week, so been trying to get down there to, uh, you know, it's, at this point, it's just try to keep his spirits up because you got to get through this, got to push through this. You'll he'll get where he needs to get, fingers crossed. But it's it's been rough, and uh, I've got to say, this last two two and a half months has been a very I, I talked to you off air about this. It's been a very eye opening experience about the state of healthcare in this country, and you know what. <laughs> Anybody that's trying to to pass legislation to get rid of of the Affordable Care Act um, doesn't have a dad or a mom that has 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 health issues. Honestly, you know, fuck you guys, fuck you guys, because healthcare is so motherfucking bad in this country. It is so insurance is such a goddamn mess. You know what? Fix it, fix it, people. I'm sick of this shit. I'm moving to Canada. To hell with it. <laughs> yeah, you only have to dodge some poo in Canada. Although, yeah. if it hits you in the face, you might get dysentery. But then, at least you can go to the hospital for free. Hey, you're covered. You're good. So that's that's where it's at. Anyway, covered in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, for those of you that come here every week for an awesome show about uh, technology, where we crap on everything and make fun of it, you're not getting that this week because we've had. <laughs> We both had a rough week, but we're cobbled together something. So uh, here we go. Oh yeah, and if you if you're a new listener, please come back <laughs> next week. 
Yes, come back next week and we'll be back uh, to our normal ramblings. Absolutely no bird news this week, which is amazing. I've um, gotten a lot of texts from people who were traveling and are like, these fucking birds are everywhere. I know, they're everywhere, aren't they? It's yeah. it's pretty crazy. I'm sure we'll be back on that next week. Uh, there's a new meme that is going around, and occasionally I do like these. They're a lot of fun. And I've got to say, I, I posted this one on my Facebook uh, last night, and I've gotten, other than cute pictures of the kiddo, this is like my most responded to post in a long time. So this is a pretty funny one. Uh, the meme going around is that the number one song on your 14th birthday defines your entire life and and everybody's starting to post these and it's it's rather fascinating because you don't realize it really made me go back and and go boy you kind of whitewash your past and everything is kind of crammed into one one thing like all these songs seem like they came out the same year but there's vast age differences between a lot of my friends that are posting and it just feels i'm like wow those songs are really came out 10 years apart that sort of thing it's been kind of blowing my mind but mine was a uh, u2's with or without you which um i don't know i don't really know that that defines my life i don't even like you too yeah. i do spend a lot of time in irish bars though so perhaps yeah i don't know mine is shout by tears for fears hmm and well. while i do like to talk a lot and shout at things <laughs> <laughs> I really can't stand that song, so I don't know what's going on there. Next week, though, is The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. That's more me. I think so. You think? Or go, actually... I, I, Stylistically, I think you, you know, Huey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, of, go back, yeah. Oh, you go back a few day, or a few weeks, and it's A View to a Kill by Duran Duran. Now, Ooh, that that's one, pretty nice. That one more kind of slots in with, uh, I think, my, <laughs> my temperament. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people have been posting this. It's kind of fun. So just go Google, uh, you know, figure out what your 14th birthday was that year and that month. And you can just quickly Google it and find out what the number one song was. Pretty, pretty interesting. All right. How about a little follow up? Um, I didn't read the first one. So let's just go into the experience. <laughs> <laughs> Told no you it's going to be a short show this week, guys. Yep. That's 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 fine. Uh, so last week we uh, had the article about how Amazon was uh, saving the expanse from cancellation, except it wasn't confirmed yet. Now it's confirmed. That's awesome. It is official. Season four is coming. Amazon will be bringing it to us. And uh, because I live in Los Angeles, of course, there is now a semi-personal story. A friend of the show uh, that I met up with the other day said he was at Library Ale House here on Main Street, which is a fantastic place, and ran into Amos, a.k.a. Wes Chatham, the actor, who was in there celebrating that he still had a job. That's awesome. <laughs> pretty That's cool. awesome. He's one of my favorite characters on that show. Me too. I really like his character. He's, he's pretty cool. pretty awesome. And uh, by all accounts, a very nice guy. In the article that you posted, I watched the video of when it was announced, and man, everybody lost their their shit. <laughs> well, it's one of those shows that like everybody was scratching their heads going, yeah, okay, it's not getting amazing viewership, but everybody that watches it loves it. It yeah. is a fan favorite. It is, it's a great show. So very happy to hear it's coming back, and, and everybody I know watches the show, and is, everybody's very excited. So. I need to slip like uh jeff bezos some old uh dvds of farscape so maybe he can bring that back too <laughs> maybe uh this one this is a scratcher of the head uh, we've talked about pinterest on the show before and how they make money and how they do it so damn illegally yes um, their sales uh in 2017 rose 58 percent to 473 million dollars I love the fact that you can just slap advertising on somebody else's copyrighted materials and take the money. I think we call that the internet. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just it kind of <laughs> makes me sick that these guys are making that much money off of photos that are and like almost all the content on that website is stolen. It's, what do you mean it, almost? There I, is no original content on that site. Some people actually <laughs> post a few of their own photos on that site. All right. Very few. All right. Very That's why few. I said almost all. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and finally, a Pew report has come out. We always like to talk about the Pew reports. Uh, teens are abandoning Facebook. And I love the fact that yeah, they have to put in the headline for real this time. <laughs> Nobody abandoned Facebook for real. For the last five years, we've continually been told that teens are abandoning Facebook, starting with a uh, five years ago, a 13 year old named Ruby Carr sent a shockwave through the social media road world when she wrote a blog post for Mashable headlined, I'm 13 and none of my friends use Facebook. Well, this was not true because all the reports were showing that they did until this year. This year is the first time that U.S. residents aged 13 to 17 are showing a decrease in Facebook usage. There is no longer the dominant social network for teens. The three, the big three are YouTube, Instagram, and Snapchat, which Snapchat will be happy to hear because God knows there's still dead men walking. I don't yeah. care what they say. <laughs> Definitely. 
Yeah. But can you really call YouTube a social network? That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, there is, well, the comments section. That's yeah, social. Yeah, the cesspool right? of the internet. Yeah, and you can do messaging. And it's as much as a social network as anything else. It's just not the primary focus, right? The whole point is videos. But all the hallmarks and, and various parts of a social network are there. I guess if your channel is like your blog, you post your mm -hmm. own videos, people can yeah. comment on it. Yep. There is kind of no functional difference between that and a blog, except you're posting video instead of words. Exactly. Huh. I didn't think about it that way. It's a social network. Ups and doodads. I ran into an interesting article about the Amazon Echo. You and I are both uh, both people that have them and have had them for quite a long time now. Uh, we're in the Amazon ecosystem as far as our uh, our voice activated ai goes wouldn't th wouldn't this be called an echo system but i'm ching an echo look at you uh so will uh oh no sorry this is by christina bonnington i haven't read anything i thought it was will or erasmus or whatever his name is who always writes the good articles on tech over there but it's not so these are the five types of alexa users which one are you article asks uh the first type is the creeped out owner of an overpriced paperweight okay <laughs> which I know a few people that feel that way about it. And I'm like, well, you don't have to plug it in. Yeah, My roommate is one of those people. That's why I just moved my Echo to my office today. <laughs> and then there is the early adopting diehard, which is kind of where we could have gone, I think you and I, but we didn't because we don't use our Echoes for too much. Because we can't remember all to... the damn things that it can do. We can't remember the trigger words. Exactly. That is the big problem. The third type is the streamer, which I believe we both fall into that category. We yep. basically just use our smart speakers. They're basically just smart speakers for us. All I do is play music and podcasts off my Echo. That is really it. I don't play podcasts off the Echo. I play uh, basically talk radio from around the country that I can't get because I don't own an actual radio that's yep. not in my car. So I play a lot of things off TuneIn, like Chicago radio, sometimes NPR, believe it or not. And, uh, I believe it. <laughs> K-Rock in the morning and K-Rock 2 in the afternoon when I would like my old dose of 80s. But yeah, I just basically use it for music now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the next type is the weather summoner, which is people who just use it for weather, which uh, in Southern California, not terribly useful. Yeah, I kind of was doing that when I got here and it's like, oh, <laughs> I can, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, okay. yeah it's sunny. Okay. Uh, the person who really just needs a clock. That I don't understand at all. I do that every morning when I wake up. I'm like, hey, Alexa, what time is it? Yet you have an Apple Watch. Well, it's it's wrist. turned off. It's, <laughs> okay. you know, I, I've got it on theater mode and I don't, if I'm, if I'm asleep and I'm like just laying there, I don't want to have to raise my arm and tap the screen because I have to tap it. And that means I got to take my arms out from my pillow and it's just too much of a hassle. So I have a, a dot next to my bed so I can find out the weather and what time it is. Gotcha. Uh, the next type is the Alexa denigrator. These are people who basically have it as a punching bag and they yell at it. Uh, my roommate did a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> and the last type is the apologist. The people who are appalled by the behavior above and think of it as their friend. <laughs> I think I could probably keep this in the house if we could change the trigger word to hey, bitch, because that's what my roommate <laughs> kept calling. Hey, bitch, set a timer. <laughs> uh, you know, that really should be a hack for these things. Unfortunately, it's not. So, yeah. Give it time. Yeah. Give it time. Yep. And uh, I found a very useful browser extension this week, uh, particularly for us, because we do this show and we grab links all the time and all the links always have tracking tokens on them. And this is a simple plugin that basically strips out all the Google tracking so we can have nice, clean URLs in our show notes. It's funny because I usually I clean them up by hand when I do. The yeah, notes. I used to, too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know you used to. I have to go back and do it. But the annoying thing is the the software that we use, uh, Quip, for our show notes. Mm -hmm. When you, as soon as you paste it in, it that is the canonical URL. So even if I edit it in mm -hmm. the visual version, the it comes like when I copy everything out, it's still got that old version. So this is actually going to be useful exactly. for me. So mm -hmm. it'll save me about you know ten minutes every week going through and cleaning <laughs> up all the damn URLs. You're welcome. Ah, uh, thank you very much. Uh. My my roommate this morning sent me an article about Walmart and how they were kicking Amazon's ass and coming back from the dead and going to be the top dog. But they were mm -hmm. talking about their new jet black service. Right. And I'm like, ooh, are they doing airplanes? Because that's what it sounds like to me, you know, because they've got yeah. like, I figured, you know, some kind of jet concierge service. No, no. Jetpack is the easiest way for busy moms to shop. Branding. 
What 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 about well, moms and off, shopping says jet black. Jet black. Yeah, that's a horrible name for something that's 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 this you know that should be this should be a high-end concierge service for like billionaires. Not Exactly. Moms. Yeah. So, and it's only in New York right now in a very small subset, but when I opened up the website and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, I watched the video and I scroll down in the the first picture of the kid, I'm like, is that Brian's kid? Kind of reminded me of I your actually kid. just opened that and I was like, that does look a lot like my kid. I know. I was like, that's definitely shit. an outfit I'd have him in. There's no doubt about that. I know. And I'm like, okay, well, Brian is a is a, a, a needy mom for shopping, so here we go. I thought maybe this might actually be perfect for you. Well, Jason, I was tired of waiting for you to uh, get our, our podcasting consulting service off the ground. So I started, started <laughs> I'm already getting hustle. feedback on how bad my name is. So I'm going to have to rename this. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is your side hustle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And speaking of the podcast uh, service, uh, you need to get your butt out here. That's all. If well, we can... I was going to come this week, but uh, somebody was uh, <laughs> stuck in the shit. Somebody was uh, not available. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> See, if I could have used your service for more toilet paper, it would have been great. <laughs> and there's a new 1Password update out. Uh, 1Password 7 is out. This is yes. a really nice update. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. It, yeah, I, I, I don't really delve into it. It's so functional for me. It's just I, I, I launch it. I use it to log into sites, and that's that. So well, I um, use the... should I take a deeper look at it? Well, what I like about it is the the extension used to be for all the browsers. When you click on it, it would be a drop down, yes. and it would go away when you mouse off of it. So if you miss, it would yes. be like kind of a pain in the butt. Now it opens up in its own little mini window and gives you all of the different options. But it also gives you your identities and your credit cards, so you can put it off to the side, do all your work, and then click the different things that you want. So if you're filling out a form, you can pick the identity that you want to fill out to match the credit card that you then can click right after it. I really, really like it. Yeah, it's it's pretty groovy. And I was well going done, guys. Through, and I was going through the Watchtower service that they have this morning, and I found a lot of passwords I need to change because it tells you all the sites that were compromised with your logins that you should go change things. I don't know if you played with that. We talked about it when it first came out, but if you haven't used it, I recommend going checking it out because a lot of the stuff, uh, yeah, was compromised. It seems. Yeah. Hmm. So check it out. One password seven. It's great. Yep, we love them. Wish they'd advertise with us again. Media Candy. We finally got a new Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Did which we? has always been one of my favorite shows. Yes, you alerted me to that. Uh, so I did download it and I listened to it. And I'm not sure that we needed an entire show about how he doesn't know how to do a show in this current reality. I know. I think that was kind of understood. That's why he hadn't done a show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, either step up or shut up and get back to your hardcore history, because this one was just like, I I wanted my time back when I was done. And I love Dan, but this one was just kind of him going, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Things are crazy. No it's kind of like probably how all our listeners feel listening to this show. <laughs> well, at least we have some, <laughs> some, you know, recommendations in this one. Yes, we do. Uh, so there was big news this week. Uh, as per usual, uh, celebrities can tend to get themselves in a little bit of trouble on Twitter. And boy, oh, oh boy, <laughs> did Roseanne get herself in some trouble on Twitter this week. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little. Now, there are, I don't even know where to start on this one, so we. I'm just not going to get... I don't think we need to it. cover this. Everybody uh, kind of knows about it. Everybody knows what's going on. I like the Vulture's take on it. We'll have the link in the show notes about how this is a sudden cultural shift and a good thing because it got canceled so swiftly. And it's oh, theoretically showing that, okay, maybe we're done with this whole racism thing and we can't just let it go anymore. Maybe. We'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, I think the absolute... <laughs> I was going to say, I think what we need to do before we... You and I need to go make a t-shirt... It should be, but her Ambien. That is my favorite part of this whole story, because first she did say she apologized and said she was quitting Twitter. What she has done now instead is double down and yeah. she is tweeting and yelling at everybody and getting in fights with some of her co-stars and getting in fights with everyone. And she just uh, take the phone away from grandma. Someone um, is what's going on right now. But the best part is she did try to to excuse it as because she was on Ambien and the drug company that makes Ambien <laughs> tweeted <laughs> that racism is not a known side effect. <laughs> 
which is just so genius that a company would do that. I'm in love with them. Yeah, you know, sometimes Twitter comes through. Sometimes it does, and Twitter has just been giving this week. It's been pretty fantastic. Yep. Uh, I watched a few Netflix things this week that I want to talk about. Uh, Michelle Wolf, who is now infamous, I'd never heard of her before until she did the uh, correspondence dinner and had that uh, amazing speech that really kind of got her in some trouble. And not really, though, because it was just funny. Um, Has a show. Netflix gave her a show called The Break. It is a John Oliver-esque type thing, except she also throws in sketches and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I want to like this show. Uh, she talks out of the side of her mouth the entire time, okay. and it's kind of a vocal fry, and I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's too millennial for me. Okay. I, I so. never heard of her until you put her in here. I probably saw the ad for the show, but nah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm glad now that I don't even have to try it. Yeah, you don't have to try it. Don't worry about it. It's, it's Stick with John Oliver and uh, Jim Jeffries if you want to that stuff i'm gonna uh i watched all of my next guest needs no introduction with david letterman all the good. way up through howard stern oh i watched howard stern last night and really enjoyed that one oh, uh, good, i thought good. he was fantastic so i've seen every episode uh they're all pretty good the the beard is distracting but it's dave letterman i've missed the guy and uh, he does good interviews i i wish my one complaint about it and friend of the show mike said the same thing to me when i was talking about it is it's it's edited it should i wish it was just straight no edit you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't like so. the asides where they leave and go do something and then come back for, to the interview. Yeah, not a fan of that either. So. No, not a fan of that. Just so. the straight up interviews would be fantastic, but uh, well worth the time and uh, some interesting people in there. Evil Genius is quite popular at the moment. People are talking about it. So mm-hmm. I watched it. It's a pretty interesting documentary about, um, I guess, I don't remember this when it took place, but there was a. It's a true crime, a bank robbery in Pennsylvania, which ends in the bombing death of a pizza delivery man. He he was sent into a bank with a bomb strapped around his neck uh, and it went off and he died. And this gets into the whole entire case. It's uh, four episodes. They're each about an hour long. Uh, it was really interesting. I really enjoyed watching it. I would recommend watching it, but I would argue about the title because I would argue that absolutely nobody involved in this was a genius. It was just a lot of really dumb people, uh, the criminals and the cops. A lot of dumb people. <laughs> we just actually reviewed this on Feedback Friday on the Jordan Arbinger show yesterday. Uh-huh. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> we said the same thing. I'm like, these are okay. th- these people are not like the, the perpetrators of the Italian job right here. You know? No, this is not a lot of geniuses going no. around in this series. <laughs> no, they, but they couldn't get fucked up rednecks is the title. It wouldn't probably not. Yeah. So it was good, though. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I've, I've been recommending it for a while now. I got I this was one of those ones that I randomly caught on the first day because it mm-hmm. was it was a Netflix recommendation because I watch weird shit like that and it's uh I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. What I enjoyed even more about it is that it's only four parts. Yes. Yes. Wild Wild Country I really enjoyed, but it was way too long. And that's why I haven't watched it yet. I looked at the episode listing and I was too daunted. <laughs> the thing <laughs> like, about no. it, they just do just do them here and there, but it's really good. And they do there. They could have that should have been like a 20 parter if you really want to get into it. But right. there was no fluff, but it was just a really long story to tell. Yeah. Um. So the Americans series finale is yes. over. Did you watch yes, it? Yes, it is. I did. Uh, my wife even stayed up late to watch it. <laughs> OK, Uh. what are your what are your uh, thoughts on that? I'm very happy with it. Uh, Okay, we're not going to do any spoilers. All right. Um, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, At least we know where Henry is. That's my favorite joke about this because the, you know, season three through five or whatever is where the hell is Henry? We know where he is. Uh, He's about the only one who we know where he is for sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked the fact that it was really kind of left very realistic and very open-ended. The reason I'm okay with that is because they didn't open up every single show saying the Jennings have a plan. (laughs) Oh, get over it, man. Get over it. (laughs) PSG was like 20 years ago now. Get over it. Doesn't matter. I'm still... Look, I made you laugh. (laughs) That's true. Uh, true. Yeah, so I was okay with it. I I really was. I thought they, they... did the show justice. They ended it basically the way the whole show ran. This whole, the show was never about, you know, big, huge action sequences and amazing things occurring. And, oh, my God, this happened. It was always a very slow boil. And yeah. that that's how they ended it. 
Yeah, I, I have to say that the acting I thought was perfect, and the yes. way that they ended it was well. We'll talk about this after the show because it, yeah, there's some good stuff. But uh, <laughs> I, I, it was the the emotional ending that I was hoping for. It was yeah, it, me too. Pretty much everything that happened, like you said, no shoot 'em ups or shit like that. But the uh, the, the, the scenes that you're waiting for for seven years when they actually happen, I was like, you know. I, I was grabbing the tissues when it was over and they went to commercial. I'm like, that was well done. It so. was very well done. Uh, Slate has a really interesting article about it that I think you'll enjoy reading um, now that you've seen it. The Americans perfected the art of the anticlimax. Yeah. Basically gets into what you and I were just saying. So it's it's a good because uh, I already missed the show. That's the sign of a really good show is my wife and I looked at each other and went, oh, man, it's yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, we'll Trust me, we'll talk about this off the air over a beer because we have I have we have thoughts. You have thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And even even my roommate who watched it who wasn't a fan of the ending, uh even like, you know, two hours later we were still talking about it. So that yeah. is the sign of a good show. Yeah. Uh another good show that is back is Animal Kingdom. Uh, I've talked about it on the show a couple times. Season mm-hmm. three just started this week, and they're going after it this season <laughs> with uh completely changing some stuff up and Doubling down on some other things. If you know what I'm talking about, I get, there's there's a major spoiler at the beginning of the show. If you've Googled it, you're fucked. But it's a, it's, I love this show. It's just, you know, because I equate it to, what was the Keanu Reeves show with the surfers? Point Break. I feel like point it's, break. Point, yeah. it's Point Break meets Leave it to Beaver. Okay. That's <laughs> it's, it's all I can really say about it. But I really enjoy it. And I'm glad it's back. And I didn't. You said I was going to see billboards. Now that I'm back in L.A. and I had didn't haven't seen one billboard. Well, this oh is wait, TNT. I haven't left the house in a week. That's right. Never mind. Also, it's TNT. I don't know if they actually have any money. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, so, you know, you'll see Amazon and Netflix billboards everywhere. Yeah, God. If I see another Ozarks billboard, I'll, I'm going to shoot oh, myself. Oh, yeah, they're everywhere, aren't they? Right, For your amazing. consideration. <laughs> Great show, Only though. In LA. Only <laughs> yep. in L.A. Uh, some new music this week that I found. Uh, Underworld has released another new song, and unlike last time when it was just an instrumental that was a little bit boring, uh, mm-hmm. this has Iggy Pop on on vocals, and it's kind of a banging little track. I really nice. enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, new to me, uh, as I was schooled, there's <laughs> Cold Frap has an album out, has had an album out for a year. I posted it as if it just came out because to me it had because I somehow this totally I dropped off my radar completely. Uh, the album's called Silver Eye. The whole album is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the reason it popped up for me is they're doing a re-release of one of the tracks, Ocean, and David Gahan from Depeche Mode is doubling down on the vocals on the re-release, which is amazing. It's really good. It's like the best Depeche Mode song that's come out in 20 years, and it's not Depeche Mode. So. Oh. Nice. Very good. Uh, and Gorillas uh, have announced that they're going to have a new album called The Now Now. That'll be out June 29th. And they have dropped a single called Humility and have released a video, which is entirely shot in Venice Beach. And as you know, if you've been listening to this show, all I've been doing is complaining about how all people do in Venice is is record themselves and put themselves up on YouTube. And that's what this entire video is. <laughs> so now you know what they've been filming. Yes, apparently. So, except that it's got the 3D people in there. But if you'd like to see uh, basically the streets that I walk up and down, there you go. The entire video right there. All right. Well, there you have it. And finally, I just want to mention that Netflix, uh, along with the makers of Ambien, have won the internet this week uh, for being very funny. Also related to Roseanne, they tweeted out, <laughs> Reminder, At One Day at a Time is a sitcom about a tight-knit working-class family that tackles extremely topical social issues in a smart and innovative way. You know, if you're suddenly looking for a show like that. <laughs> well played. Well done, Netflix. Well played. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. The CyberWire is a free, community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. And Dave is their overlord. <laughs> Welcome back, Dave. <laughs> with the it be so? Yes, that's right. I rule with an iron, multi-gemmed fist. Nice. Uh, <laughs> All of the Infinity Stones. <laughs> that's exactly right. right. Exactly. Look, I got that right without even seeing the movie. Very movie. good. Very nice. Very mm. nice. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, how's everybody doing? 
Oh, it's been a week. <laughs> yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I so I gathered from uh, your other social media sources. Well, <laughs> I hope things calm down for everybody and settle in. It's been kind of a quiet week for cybersecurity news, actually. Wow. Uh, just as we're coming to record here today, the news just broke that Google has uh, planned not to renew its contract for Project Maven, which I I think sounds best in a Jerry Lewis voice. <laughs> Project Maven. <laughs> it's their that's their uh, that's their controversial drone AI imaging program. There was a lot of discord within Google that they mm-hmm. were involved with this at all. Yes, and I am. Pl- I, I have to say, I'm pleased and, and somewhat surprised that Google decided to that they're not going to renew it. It means that it's going to run through 2019, but after that, they're they're out of there. Yeah, I guess uh, their new slogan is "We'll just do a little bit of evil, <laughs> evil with a evil with an expiration date, <laughs> right, exactly with a finish line." Yes. Yeah. So, well, that's that's good. That's good news. So, I think so. Yeah. Our next story here is about uh, CSS. Cascading mm. style sheets. Yes. And uh, hopefully you guys can fill in some of the technical details that are a little fuzzy for me here. But uh, some researchers <laughs> have found, this is a story from Bleeping Computer. They found that they can use CSS to de-anonymize Facebook users. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, this, is, this is actually not really that new. Is that right? Yeah. You've been able to fingerprint users for a long time mm-hmm. using different bits of CSS. Well, I, actually, a lot of it was the JavaScript canvas, but also CSS. Well, CSS can, has now gotten so powerful yeah. and, and involved that it's it's suppl- supplemented some of the JavaScript stuff that you used to be able to do to kind of uh, do these kind of hacks. So, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, basically, it's looking like you can move uh, div scans across to, across the stack to iframes. Which should not be possible. Um, it, it, it wasn't that back should in the day not when be I was doing this. No. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's I frames like... were sovereign territory back in the day. Well, so territory. Help, help me, help but... me, Tarant- Yeah, good Tarantino Tory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so help me understand this here. Is that it's my impression is this is sort of like a like a CRT scanning an old tube television that they're they're going along pixel by pixel and being able to report back what each the value of each pixel is that how it's working basically uh, yeah. in a nutshell that's kind of what's doing it it's interesting because it's it's obviously an error um google and mozilla are both providing fixes for this so you should not have been able to do what you are able to currently do hmm. um yeah so yeah. that's not yeah. good yeah. yeah well and i think it speaks <laughs> to the the growing power of the browser and yeah you know, I also I was curious. Can you guys think of any? What would the what would the legitimate useful purposes of this functionality be? Pairing a uh, cookie to a username on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah. There there isn't really a legitimate need. Uh, the, the there's a reason iframes were always uh, kept separate. Um, mm-hmm. You were supposed to be able to pull in other content and not be able to you know. Uh, read any of the data from that content it's supposed to live within its own stack not not cross the streams as it were to you know go ghostbusters with it so right. yeah the, i, the I don't Dom i can't used to say no go for that yeah right? i can't think of a legitimate reason i can only think of illegitimate reasons <laughs> to, that yeah. you would want to do that um jason it's anything cool come to your mind yeah it's no, a cool there's, hack, there's, but... yeah there's nothing there's nothing that should there's no reason for this yeah. no no, yeah, was, that, that region around the iframe should be verboten for any type of scanning from any other process. Right. Because very often uh, we find ourselves when these new features get announced, uh, you know, there was the one a couple of weeks ago where they started uh, what they give. They gave um, Microsoft Excel some JavaScript capabilities. And <laughs> what could it, possibly go wrong? Right. Well, and but we were all saying, who, who asked for this? Yeah. Right. And is, so is it a, where do we cross that line where? The product people are saying, "Hey, we got to add more features. We got we got to add more features." You know, we have a basically a feature complete product, well, but you got to make value. new ones. Well, exact, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, so. I mean that you you could have started this podcast, Dave, with us with that. Uh, who asked for any of this? Is what we've been asking. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitle: We didn't even want Blink. 
What the hell? Nobody wanted Blink. <laughs> Who asked for this? The grumpy old geek story. That'll exactly. <laughs> that'll be the uh, the oral history uh, when the time comes, twenty five years from now, when we're all in our retirement homes, uh, <laughs> and yeah. we'll make it autoplay. <laughs> right. You know, it is right. funny because now that Jason and I have really scaled back being developers, it's it, watching the state of these things roll out. It is. It, it's very amusing. I'm I'm so glad I don't do this much anymore for a living because keeping up with this stuff used to be our job and and now i can just kind of look at it and laugh so yeah yeah unfortunately all of the people like us are sitting back and looking at it and laughing which is why it's going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> interesting well the next story we have here is from wired and uh boy this headline's a little there's not a lot of ambiguity here it's the bleak state of federal government cybersecurity. yeah now it's interesting because <laughs> it's right there on the tin it's right <laughs> right there <laughs> when president trump came into office we mm. all held out a little bit of hope because one of his priorities seemed to be the cyber security right mm -hmm. that was one the of the cyber. first things he did was put out that executive order and this is something that has bipartisan agreement everyone agrees that the cyber is important and so this report is this is a result of that executive order he demanded that the various government agents Agencies put together reports on basically how they're doing, and mm -hmm. the reports have come back, and the answer is not so good. Of the 96 federal agencies assessed, 74% are either at risk or high risk. That is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said 30, 38% of government cybersecurity incidents, uh, they never identify the attack vector, which oh, means God. they wow they don't know how it happened it just happened i don't know i don't know how this big gaping burning <laughs> hole in the ground is here uh <laughs> but it, when but it is all i can say is yet 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 right when, when, when you think about all the various things that that we talk about in this segment on this show uh the hacks from these companies that literally spend millions upon millions of dollars on cybersecurity, and they still get hacked and then you think about our government which is not doing apparently anything and has extremely important data mm -hmm. uh, it's terrifying yeah and no no shortage of resources right no and these, just not these being are allocated these are national security issues and you when you pile on top of that things like the removal of the head of cybersecurity for the white house and mm -hmm. not the elimination of that position which by all accounts was sort of the person who, who wrangled everyone else and provided leadership. Uh, they're saying now that without that person writing that, that, that the agencies will just kind of do their own thing. And, you know, may, um, it makes it easier for them to avoid um, accountability. <laughs> wasn't yeah. wasn't uh, the, the responsibility for that transferred to John Bolton's mustache? <laughs> so if somebody's well, writing like a, John like a Bolton filter, Jason, in a it's way. a filter that the cyber has to go through. In okay, because I don't, I don't want to have any pictures of anybody writing John Bolton's mustache. Yeah, it's the mustache <laughs> firewall. Yes. <laughs> Better reboot that thing. I'm yeah. getting firestash.com. That's my new fire. That's my new dancer name. Right, firestash. Oh, yeah, uh, this is a not a good report. No, not at all. And uh, what I guess on the plus side looks like you're going to be employed for quite some time, Dave. I know, I know. <laughs> and I think what's what even what makes it even worse is that it's not like there's a big plan to make it better. It, there's it's no sort plan. Of defeatist, you know. We're just no nobody's nobody's manning this ship right now in in a meaningful way and uh like you said it's kind of terrifying i i we don't know what you know, it really means you know well i i think it goes back to just the optics that we had when zuckerberg was testifying hmm. um you had a table full of people median age probably 74 who don't understand any of this and these are people that are in charge and would be the ones, other than Ted Lieu, uh, screaming about this sort of stuff. The the people that we have in office are either way too old or totally unqualified to do any of this stuff. And they don't seem to think it's important. All you do is you put a task force together and you put somebody who knows in charge and then they go and fix things. We all yeah. know this needs to be fixed. I don't understand how... It's just been, all right, well, we're going to get rid of the position and, well, well oh, well. 
But don't you think don't you think this is also a result of the erosion of expertise where if you're an what I call the iPhone effect? Yeah, I really do call it that because we went from a point in time where where people like Jason and myself were the ones that were doing things that we understood them and we built them. Then the iPhone came along and all of a sudden you had a tweet app and you were on the internets and you don't no longer was there any understanding of the the processes or the culture that that was involved with the internet it just everybody was there because it was so easy and there was no expertise anymore but, i totally agree with that but i'm i'm coming theory. at it from a little different direction and saying <laughs> that we have this dismissal of the actual ex- experts of saying Oh, well. you know, like, oh, well, yes. who are you going to believe? You're going to believe those elite cybersecurity experts or are you going to believe good old real those Americans Westerns. like me? <laughs> right. You know, well, it's it's the fake news effect and it's sad. And that's what's happened. It's it's we will dismiss experts and what I feel is more important than what you know. Right. Right. I, I, again, I think that's another one of those things we were holding out hope for when this administration came in, that even if we had limited uh, intellectual capability at the top, that as long <laughs> as they put good people in the important positions, then maybe you know everything would be okay. And we've yep. seen the opposite of that. Yes, the swamp is filling up. Yeah. yeah. It is not being drained. So. Limited intellectual resources. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's on my business uh, card. I don't know what that says about yeah, me. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's diplomacy. Yes. All right. Uh, one just quick thing here. I included a link. Uh, we've had reports this week. Uh, uh, there's been recommendations from the FBI and other organizations for everybody to reset your router. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just the easiest thing you can do is unplug your router, count to 30, <laughs> replug yeah. it back in again. Um, Have we, you recycled the power on your, on your device? Yeah, we've got this uh, thing making its way through called VPN filter, which is infected oh, I don't know, half a billion routers around the world. It, it got through the fire stash. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it maintains itself in the router's RAM. So if you reboot, mm-hmm. it's gone. Um, so uh, Johannes Ulrich, who is uh, a regular over on the CyberWire, has a nice little write-up here of varying various ways you can reset your router. And he's got a lot of good advice, advice in here about strengthening your password and, and so on and so forth. He's a guy who knows about these things. So... Uh, if you're not satisfied with just unplugging your router, cycling the power, which absolutely everyone, please do. If you want to dig into it a little deeper, we'll have a link here. You can find out a little more details on how to take it to the next level. Yep. Guess what I'll be doing at my parents' house this weekend. Yeah, me too. Yeah, good reminder. <laughs> All right. Well, most importantly this week... Yes, let's get to the importance. <laughs> what, what I've been waiting all week to be able to talk to Brian about... Uh, <laughs> Yes. I have actually held back on sharing my opinions on social media because I wanted to unpack it here first. So well, let's get into I it. I did. I sled things off the last one of these we did with Last Jedi. So, Brian, why don't you kick us off with the Han Solo movie? I found it to be a fully satisfying one off movie. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I feel that the actor Aiden, I, I, whatever his last name is, um, had a few creaky moments, but overall embodied the Harrison Fordness of Solo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really did enjoy it. I've, I've talked to people who thought it wasn't great. It was a heist movie. It wasn't a big swashbuckling adventure. adventure. It wasn't supposed to be a, a, a grandiose, uh, you know, world changing thing. It was just a pleasant movie with some great characters. I agree. This I, I this was the most fun that I've had at a Star Wars movie since the original trilogy. Yeah, I, I agree. I actually do think I enjoyed it even more than Rogue One, which was surprising for me. And I think what really sealed the deal for me was Donald Glover just killed it yeah. as Lando. Yeah, Absolutely great. killed it. He was great. He was fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I we don't really need to go into spoilers. Uh, we don't have to in any way, shape or form. It was a highly enjoyable movie. And I, I guess 
it helped that I went into it with some trepidation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what I was going to feel. I wasn't terribly excited for it because I didn't really think that we needed this. I would still argue that we don't didn't need it, but I'm glad we got it. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I heard some people criticizing and say, well, why do we need to know about some of the things that were revealed in this movie? You know, why do why, why can't we just leave those things mysteries? And and I enjoyed just about every one of them. They I found them really satisfying and fun. And there were moments of genuine delight. Um, yeah. I caught myself halfway through the movie. I, I caught myself just sitting there with this big grin on my face going, <laughs> I am re I'm just having so much fun. And I think that's an important distinction because when people I get asked a lot, you know, people know my um, my love affair with Star Wars and they say, well, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? I say, well, my favorite Star Wars movie is A New Hope. I think the best right. Star Wars movie is Empire Strikes Back. Yes, there's a difference. And I so I think the distinction here is that I think this is a really, really fun movie. Doesn't mean it's a great movie, but I think it's a really fun movie. And what I was thinking was in the same way that I think Top Gun is a really fun movie. Right. It's not Oscar winning. No, it's not yes. a great movie. But boy, is it fun. Like, I, you know, and, and the other thing that that in a similar way to Top Gun, you know, I saw the original trilogy uh, when I was, what, eight years old. 11 mm -hmm. years old and 14 years old. So when Princess Leia came out in that gold bikini, I was the exact right age for it to have the <laughs> maximum amount of impact on me and hardwire yes. itself into my brain. And I felt myself feeling those same sorts of feelings where this this film wired into all of those deep emotional pleasure centers that, that I associate with Star Wars uh, despite myself, I just couldn't help it. So I, I highly recommend it. If if you're the kind of Star Wars fan that I think Brian and I are, um, I think you're going to have a good time. I, I I totally agree with everything that you just said, and, and you're making me like revisit how I was feeling in the theater at the time. And, and you absolutely nailed it. I I felt like I was I was a teenager again. Yeah, I have not enjoyed a movie this much in quite a long time, uh, particularly sci-fi, because sci-fi has been, there have been much better movies. I, I would actually even say Rogue One is probably a better movie, mm -hmm. but nothing I've enjoyed quite as much right. as this right. in, in a very long time. And and you're right. All, all the reveals, sure, we didn't need to know them, but I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. They made me smile. Uh, we'll do, if, if you have not seen this yet, we'll do one little spoiler, because there is one note in the entire movie that bumped me. Okay, and before I'll, I'll you start you that, it is. before yeah. you, you can go into that in a second. I'm going to take my headphones off, and then okay. I'll be back in like two minutes. <laughs> okay. I don't want to be I don't want to be spoiled. I'll All be right, right back. Okay, no problem. All right. Wow, Jason's actually going to see it. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so the one thing that bumped me, not Darth Maul being there, because I knew from from hearing about the the comics and and the animated series that he survived and ended up being part of the crime syndicate and all that. Right. That didn't bump me. What bumped me was why did he light his lightsaber when he's Basically on a Skype call with somebody who is now a second lieutenant. <laughs> right, 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 right. Is he like one of those guys, uh, one of those um, those butterfly knives, you know, the guys who just can't help but just flicking their, butter kni their butterfly knife around, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is the one thing. Yeah. I was like, ooh, Darth Maul. And I was like, why did he do that? He's on the phone. <laughs> And I understand that was a reshoot, that that was not – the lighting of the lightsaber was not in the original shoot, that uh, that is one right. thing that um, that um, Ron Howard went back and, and changed. And, but yeah. Without that, there would not have been a lightsaber in the whole movie, and I would have been That's okay true. with that. I didn't, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss there being Jedis in this film. Me either. At all. Uh, I, it, was, it was nice to see the rest of the universe, really. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that, that I did also find a little bit jarring, but not unsurprising, is how dark the universe is actually painted mm. in, in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, is, it is a dark, dangerous universe. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, highly recommended. I can't wait to go see it again. My whole family enjoyed it. We, there was about a group of uh, about 10 of us who went to see it, and... and Every single one of us came out smiling and really enjoyed it. I'm I'm surprised that it hasn't done better business than it is. Um, I'm what I'm I, hoping. I wonder is, if that's Star Wars fatigue. It's just we're getting be. so hit with it. And then yep. some theories were so many people disliked the Last Jedi. It might be tainting people going to see this. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, and that was the case for both you and I, this certainly this this it cleared the taste out of my mouth. Well, and that's another thing I'm wondering about is. 
What's the breakdown there? Is it the people who did not enjoy Last Jedi, are they going to enjoy this and vice versa, right? Right. Are the people who loved Last Jedi for all those wrong reasons, uh, are, they going to, are they going to not enjoy this one? Because that, to me, is fascinating as well. What are the things about this that make it feel like a Star Wars movie to to people like you and me who grew up mm-hmm. with these movies and how is that different from the people who really really like last jedi which my sense is is maybe a half generation behind us who, who are coming right. at it from a more i don't know intellectual maybe a, a more i don't know grown up they were older when they first were exposed to it I, I don't have a clear understanding of that but it's something i think might be interesting to keep an eye on yeah, I, I agree. And I do wonder if is it is it uh, the people that grew up with those first three prequels? Because mm. that that is so also not Star Wars. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, right. I, I right. Don't know. You know, it is weird to talk about a, a series of movies of which there are, what, 10 now? And like half of them are crap. And we don't like half of them, but yet we're right. so invested in this universe. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyways, no, this felt 100% a like a Star Wars movie from the original mold uh, of of the original, you know, Holy Trilogy. And yeah. uh, it was just a, a delightful surprise. So go out there and see yes. it, folks. Get, support support this film. And, and we'd love to know what everybody thinks. I can't wait to find out what Jason thinks of it when he finally ever goes and sees it. <laughs> if he takes a, a side trip <laughs> off to Europe to check it out. Right. I see his You guys done sucking well each done. other's lightsabers? So can we get back to this now? <laughs> yes, in fact, yes. Actually, I, I think we're done stroking our sabers. That's right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. All right. Good Until week. next time. Yeah, have a good one, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Brick a brick. In keeping with, uh, I guess, the theme of today, which is uh, companies uh, going ahead and. Uh, going for it online. I'm sure this wasn't actually sanctioned by Google, but Google Translate did a very good job uh, smacking the crap out of some flat earthers. And this uh, does deserve a round of applause. If you were to go to Google Translate and type in the words, I am a flat earther in English and select the French translation. I do not read French. Jason, do you? Je suis en fou. I do not, but I can pronounce it. Je suis en fou. And if you were to swap the languages back and retranslate that French uh, slogan into English, it reads... I am a crazy person. Well done. Round now, for the record, these guys do a lot of crowdsourcing at <laughs> at Google for the translation services. So that just shows the people have spoken. Moron of the week. Southwest Airlines. Boy, airlines have had a rough go of it recently. Um, this is no different. Southwest Airlines is at it again, according to fatherly.com. Despite having all the proper, proper documents in hand, one mother had what she called an uncomfortable and hurtful experience this week when a Southwest Airlines gate agent at Denver International Airport asked that she prove her one-year-old biracial son was actually hers. She is a basketball coach at the University of California, Berkeley. Her name is Lindsay Gottlieb, and she had flown with her son on the airline dozens of times in the past. Still, the Southwest employee insisted on seeing her son's birth certificate because the two have different names. This is uh, not good. Um, I have a biracial son. My wife did not take my last name, so this could easily be me. Now, Jason made a valid point. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No, I was just wondering who the moron was here because... Nowadays, everybody is so quick to judge and quick to scream Internet outrage that it could have been the woman who just thought she was being discriminated against because Southwest does have policies for this kind of thing to a to make sure the child is over two years old, because if they fly in your lap, it's free. Also under under two years old. Oh, under two years old. Sorry. Over under. I'm thinking gambling here. (laughs) Doing my gambling. Um, But no, yeah, they make sure that the kid is under two for free, but over for (laughs) tickets. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Back to it. But it, it also comes back to human trafficking where people do take babies, Angelina Jolie being the prime example. So they want to make sure the children aren't being Jolied away to uh, go other places. <laughs> and I can see how people can get butt hurt, especially if they're in a hurry. And, you know, that brings down a lot of empathy. And also the gate person might have been having a bad day and been an asshole. So I was just wondering from your side who the who the moron of the week is here, because this one this one seems like kind of a crapshoot. 
I, I see how you could feel that way. I am sticking with Southwest Airlines being the moron, if according to apparently across multiple social networks, because uh, apparently uh, this this woman, Lindsay Gottlieb, has uh, both tweeted and posted on Facebook about it. I guess her Facebook is public since people can go see it, uh, that she uh, she published a tweet and posted on Facebook that not only did the Southwest employee ask her to confirm her son's parentage, uh, they also asked if both the baby's parents were present. So that's not really kind of the direction you want to go with that. I understand checking the age. That's fair. Beyond that, moron. Feedback loop. We've got some new Patreon subscribers. Sikanth, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Probably wrongly. Uh, (laughs) David, Darren, who upped his pledge. Thank you very much, Darren. And Andre. Andre writes, love your show. You are awesome. There's only one thing that bugs me. As a Firefox contributor and Mozillian... I really feel sad when geeks promote and use proprietary browsers. Maybe it's just that grumpy geeks use Opera and non-grumpy ones use Firefox or Firefox Focus. Oh, AI, 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 and blockchain! Smiley face. <laughs> There's another, Fair enough. We've got another comment about uh, Firefox coming up where I will, I will discuss this topic. Okay. And uh, we just, uh, to all of our Patreon subscribers, thank you so very much. Uh, Jason and I are discussing doing uh, potential one-off segments for our subscribers when we hit the 1K mark. So uh, keep on uh, donating. We appreciate it. Yep, We'll figure it Uh, out when it happens. But you guys make it happen. We'll figure it out. Yes. And over at PayPal, we have a continuation of the uh, random uh, donations uh, number-wise. Joseph sent us $8.88. And he says, I hope things are improving for the both of you. If you've heard the show, they haven't. <laughs> uh, if you have a moment, check out the podcast, The Hilarious World of Depression. Perhaps some of your listeners dealing with this difficulty can get a smile out of it. I found the first season to be the most enjoyable one. And we have a link in the show notes to that. So thank you very much, Joseph. I will definitely check that out. I think I've heard it before. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard it before in my travels, mm. but I'll check it out again. And over on Facebook, Barry writes in, protesters toss scooters in the streets to block tech buses in SF. Oh, talk about being hoisted upon your own petard. <laughs> yes, very nice. I like that story a lot. So over at Twitter, we have uh, a number of comments this week. Uh, Seth says, here is a potential new name for your show, Grumpy Old Geeks, the blockchain edition. We said it, so fund us, motherfuckers. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, me too. And uh, Moz6502 writes in, look at the amount of followers enchanted by his tweets. And this is a link to Clint Eastwood, who hasn't tweeted. I, this is not. Nor is it uh, apparently an official account. And uh, it's, he's just pointing out that there are 82,000 followers for followers. an account that may not be official and has no single tweets whatsoever. Yeah, that's so. insane. Amazing. Uh, Michelle says, I think drunk Jason is my favorite Jason. Thanks for making me LOL at work. And Were the we multi- really that drunk? The that multiple episode? crying emojis. I was uh, I, I, I was wasn't so much drunk as I was tired. Because we did it at night, and I don't do well at night. (laughs) Yes. Christopher writes in, I believe Boatswain is pronounced Bozen, as in Bozen Whistle. But I I call it uh, Bozwin, not not Bozen. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I was close. I was close. And uh, nautical, he says nautical pronunciations are messed up. I'm like, yeah, and he gives a link, which has too many S's. Let me fix that right now. Um, But yeah, uh, Forecastle is pronounced Foxel. I know that because I worked on Titanic. How about them apples? How about that? You're such a seaman. <laughs> oh, shut up. Right Film Sleep Repeat writes in, do you think maybe Tesla should stop calling it autopilot? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we got to go to the marketing department on that one. But they just hired the marketing guy from Snapchat, so maybe he'll fix it. Maybe. Mr. Dom writes in, when you had enough of assistance and a speaker and no direct open direct audio connectivity and don't want to rely on an app to stream audio to a speaker, this beauty comes to the rescue. The Aura Studio 2 wireless home speaker with ambient lighting. It's pretty. It's pretty. I've tried those things before, though. Every single one of them has not had the balls to even, like, fill the room to even, like, get loud enough so I could hear it. Right. But hmm. if, it's got to, if it's got balls. Right. And Random Funk sends, it is so next level, I can hear Brian's short-circuiting now. And this is a link to Patrick Monahan. Oh, no, please don't. Rest of the show business would be so owned. And that's a retweet of somebody named Jack Posobiec, who I don't know. Roseanne, Tim Allen, Kevin Sorbo, Stephen Baldwin, and other blacklisted content creators should start up their own version of a blockchain-funded Netflix. <laughs> I welcome that. And uh, I hardly think that they're blacklisted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think Kevin Sorbo was blacklisted. I don't know what he's done. Stephen Baldwin is just a no-talent-ass clown. 
Uh, Roseanne is not blacklisted and neither is Tim Allen. It's just that the networks that uh, were funding their shows decided to stop. They're more than welcome to go do anything they'd like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ed Jensen writes us over at GOG.show. Hey, Grumps, the Opera browser is majority owned by a dodgy Chinese company that has been caught behaving badly on more than one occasion. It should come as no surprise that they're using dark UI patterns. God knows what else is going on under the hood. You might want to reconsider recommending it to your listeners. Have you tried Firefox lately? It's really good. Love your show. Two thumbs up. Now, since I got this, I had totally forgotten that Opera was bought out by that dodgy Chinese company. And now I'm even more freaked out that I have little snitch <laughs> with open rules doing whatever the hell it wants to do. So I have tried Firefox lately uh, as of yesterday morning. I ported everything over to see how to see how difficult the process was. Not that difficult. They do have a URL syncing service so I can I can sync it between all my systems since, you know, Xmarks is gone and Firefox is doing their own thing. Um, so far, it's been a pleasant switch over. And mm-hmm. I got to say, it's faster than Opera, believe it right. or not. Oh, God. I'm I know. Switch back again. I know. I don't want to, but <sighs> it is faster. <laughs> so yeah, fast I'm just worried about the Chinese, like, you know, doing what they, <laughs> whatever they want since I've got my, my uh, basically little snitch ass to the wind right now for Opera. Oh, well, whatever. You had Chinese webcams for like three years. I still do. Everybody that has a webcam has a Chinese <laughs> webcam. Right. Look, look Look where every webcam is made, and then you tell me nobody has a Chinese webcam. Fair enough. Uh, ARP writes us, Little Snitch allows you to record PCAPs that you can analyze for shenanigans. If you don't know Wireshark, you can use Explico. So I've tried that before, and it is a pain in the butt if you don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It just doesn't go, oh, here's my PCAP file, let's open it in Wireshark, and then you just go through it, and you, you have to know what you're looking at. I kind of know what I'm looking at, but I'm not great at it. And I'd never really wanted to go that deep to figure out all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, uh, fuck it. You know, that's, <laughs> there are some days when you just really don't care about cybersecurity. But I, you know, I've used Wireshark and, and a couple other tools to, to run PCAPs files. And it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. But I'm not about to do that with my web browser because so much data goes through it yeah that it's just gonna be too deep of a dive for me yeah yeah you've got the nsa problem where they've got so much data to go through um so i'm not gonna bother with that but that's pretty cool that they allow you to do that i did not know that so in the future i might actually use that for some apps sakanth dasari writes in hey jason and brian i love your podcast i listen every week i just subscribed as well thank you very much i am first movie tv comics nerd and next software developer all right that's good because you know the first gives you joy the second does not no (laughs) i love you guys discussing about various tv shows movies technologies etc by the way i like your star wars discussions well good because we're having one today i found this youtube video very interesting about star wars i hope you might have watched it already did you get a chance to watch this one brian uh i did star wars the complete canon timeline very interesting geeky but interesting All right. We like that. (laughs) Another small suggestion. Hope you don't mind. Can you spend 10 minutes in your show about politics with technology, politics using technology, politics (laughs) abusing technology, and how it's affecting common man life? Sorry if you already covered that in your previous episodes. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) When Donald Trump was elected, we did discuss this quite a bit. And the people who listened to the show stopped. So... I don't know, Brian. What do you think? Uh, I think we do touch on it every week. A we did last bit, time uh, on but, uh, with the phone, Trump and his phone. Yeah, but any time that we we start to talk about this, we're we're told that we just um you know we're snowflakes and people tune out because they can't handle any logical discussion about yeah. things. Apparently. Stick to making fun of Airbnb, you snowflake twink. Whatever. Yes, we're allowed to crap all over Bird all we want, but we can't talk about the fact that Trump is using an unsecured phone. Uh huh. That's about it. <laughs> that's the way it seems to work. So, In a nutshell, uh, that's kind of how it is. Yeah, but we sneak it in there as often as we can because sometimes things are just so egregious that we can't not. So, mm-hmm. And we will continue with that. Hey, we, we talked about uh, Hillary's emails and servers and all that, too. We did. We yep. totally talked about it. So, we did. Uh, we, did. Uh, we got no props for that one. All right. Next up is AJ. Hey, guys. Love your work. This recently popped up in a news site here in Australia. I like that he put it in quotes. And I thought I'd send it through. It really feels like they were desperate for content. While the tips aren't completely useless, they only managed to come up with really four basic tips. I was disappointed that they didn't play the Facebook is listening to you line. Oh, man. Yeah, this is a site. 
website called uh, news.com.au and it has a smart gadgets ways to minimize privacy and security risks and yeah there's not too much here uh that you don't already know so except an autoplay video yes there's that we, we would like to <laughs> skip those yes. as much as we can. Zachary Garner writes in, just wanted to share this with you guys to give you props. Saw this article on my feed this morning and laughed. They suggested using the Have I Been Pwned tool. I remember you guys talking about this site, what seems like over a year ago, maybe even as far More as three that. years. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is sponsors pay the man. Uh, y'all are on top of your shit. As always, keep the great work. Keep up, keep up the great work. Yep, yep. We've been talking about that side for a long time. So, yep. uh, Mad Mike writes in, says, "Hope everyone is feeling better." Again, spoiler alert: we're not. <laughs> I did check the archive before writing this and couldn't see anything, so maybe you haven't covered it. Useless Ethereum token, uetoken.com. Whoever created the site has a great sense of humor. Enjoy. It is very this is, funny. This is the greatest thing. Uh, the logo. I, I don't know if oh, you yeah. noticed the logo. Oh, it's so good. Middle That's, finger. It's I, as soon as I saw the logo, I'm like, okay. I'm in. I am in with with this one. Yeah, Ether contributed. I had a feeling someone would waste their money. <laughs> <laughs> IT Black Sheep writes in, long-time listener, first-time commenting. As a grump mid-aged geek working on his gray beard, I enjoy your guys' take on all things tech. I meant to post this a few weeks back when you were discussing the Google Duplex. It's how the real call went, and it's a YouTube video that we'll have in the show notes, so you can go check it out for yourselves, guys. Also, some shows back when you're talking about someone D- when uh, when you were talking about someone DDoSing an Indiana spam call center. Here's some audio from one of that one as well. So there's another YouTube link that you guys can check out. And thanks to Jason, I can't listen to any podcast on less than 1.5x now. They all sound drunk. Ain't that the truth? But if you Sometimes listen to our show are. last week, <laughs> we were. <laughs> yes. Uh, those were pretty good uh, YouTube videos. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, for the first time in a long time, we don't have any new iTunes reviews. That's, hey, guys. That makes me sad. It makes me sad. Although, to be fair, we could have some international ones. We usually don't get those. Until no, I checked. We don't. Oh, sadly, boo. sadly enough. All right. Well, come on, people. Help us out. Toss us a bone. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. Pretty please. Pretty please with sugar on top, as well as tell all your friends. And like Brian said, steal their phone and subscribe. Closing shout out. It is uh, today is Friday, June first. While we're recording, I just happened to notice uh, a, a couple birthdays. So, I'm wishing a happy birthday to Alan Wilder, who's the ex Depeche Mode member, Simon Gallup, the bass player for The Cure, and Mike Joyce of The Smiths, the triumvirate wow. of bands that uh, kind of got me through high school. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy, right? Yep. And a good shout out to my friend Jason Sanderson, who came all the way from Manchester, England, to hang out, and then we didn't really get to that much, half because of. Uh, Domino's problems in half because the weather in our United States blows. So, until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schellmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 262. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. This is Well, I was actually going to roll into it, but then I didn't want to do the thing where we both start talking at the same time. So...